Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Good evening, everybody. Good day, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowRoom.com. I am Mackie, and joining me this evening is Monkey Do. How's it going, guys? Monkey down here in the Southeast U.S. Hope everybody's high. We have Zombie Nation. Evening, everybody. Uh, ZN, Zombie Nation, that thing, person in the middle of the UK. Hello. Sweet. Marge, hi. Hey, hi, I'm here from Canada. Shit. <laughs> T to the G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to you live from Phoenix territory, as always. And yeah, the camera was on. That's fine. It's always on, but, you know. Shit. 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 They saw me. Shit. <laughs> and then we have GB. What are you saying, GB? Why, hello. Dear Gwit, everybody. How's everybody been? Dear Gwit. Dear Gwit. Did yeah, I say man. that right? Is that good? That is the correct pronunciation. Good yeah. man, Mikey. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Nice. Thank you. I would like to be inclusive. So, yeah, here we are. We're here to do another show. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe and quickly share this on social networks if you haven't done that already. So what are we covering tonight? We've got the cannabis news, like we usually do. We've got some cool stories, which can be found now on if you go to highonhomegrown.com slash live hyphen streams. That's our live streams page. And underneath that, you can see all the news stories we're going to run through this week and uh, the interviews about and everything. Show notes for you guys to check out if you want to have a look. So you can see what news stories we're going to cover there now if you want to. Uh, strain of the week, we're going to do Star Dog. Or is it? Because, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that when we get to the, the strain of the week section. But, you know, Star Dog's got a story. So here we go. And then we have the Grow Guides. Just like last week, we did Bud Rot, which is a type of mold that infects cannabis plants and shit. So uh, this week, we're going to carry on with that whole mold thing. We're going to talk about powder and mildew this week. So you can learn how to spot it, prevent it, treat it if you see it. And it's not a major one. It won't kill your plants and shit. Well, it will if it's real bad, but you can wash it off and things like that. So we'll talk about that when we get to the Grow Guide section. This week's interview is with Emily Dufton. She is a historian and researcher, and she wrote a book called Grassroots, The Rise and Fall and Rise of Marijuana in America. And pretty cool conversation. She studied a lot about this whole bullshit. It was just me and Monkey for this, wasn't it, Monkey? And yeah, well, it was just two of us. I really enjoyed that interview, though. She mm-hmm. knew a whole lot about cannabis law in the United States and mm-hmm. opened my eyes to a whole lot of new things. So she's reading, uh, she's writing her second book as well now. So hopefully in the future when that's done, we'll get her back on again and talk about that too. Oh, yeah. So, cool. And then we have Listener Mail where we answer questions that you guys ask us or, you know, the shout outs and things like that. So if you have any of those, then drop, uh, I don't know, put it in the chat with a cue. And we might be able to get to it if we have enough time or leave questions in the chat over at percysgrowroom.com in the listener mail section. That's about it. Ooh. Cannabis news and events. Let's do that. So here we are. Cannabis news and events this week. So uh, we, we have five stories for you. And of course, some forum news as well. Who would like to go first today? Anybody want to jump in? I'll go. Sweet. Go for it. Because then I can smoke my bong because this story pisses me off and I'm going to need to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) So, So. uh, the story is from CTV News in Canada here. Your smartphone has enough data to potentially detect cannabis intoxication. 
comma, oh. study finds. Um, yeah, and there's some researchers from Rutgers University in New Jersey, that's in the United States, say uh, smartphone sensor data combined with machine learning could, and that's a big, well, I'm putting the asterisks around could, detect whether someone is under the influence of marijuana. So okay. basically what they've done is they've uh, asked, well, the study included 57 young adults who reported using cannabis at least twice a week. So they were they were journaling their cannabis use. Basically, uh, the, they completed a three, three surveys a day over 30 days to ask how high they were feeling. And uh, they were also asked to download this GPS app which then would correlate um, their actions based on, you know, accelerometer data, the distance traveled and all that kind of bullshit and try and correlate it with when they said they were high. And then uh, I guess based on that, they can uh, now determine that uh, when looking at only time of the day, the algorithm was able to accurately detect an episode of cannabis use with 60% accuracy. Yeah, 60% so, and nothing in my eyes, I guess. Exactly right. Mate, with me, if you if you <laughs> want to guess sixty percent accuracy with me, you're gonna be off. If you're if you're gonna sit there and say he's smoking weed right now, you're gonna get ninety percent accuracy. Well, that's that's what the next line is. If they added in the journal entry data, they had an accuracy rate of ninety percent. Now, what did wait? So, what is the journal entry data? Is the the fact that they admitted that they were high? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> of I guess. course, they're gonna get ninety percent if they if they just said well, they were high. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, I'm not sure, like, they use that data then to predict, you know, after the fact, um, uh, based on, and it's only 57 people, but the thing is, is is this, it talks about cannabis intoxication as impairment again, and we, you know, we all know that cannabis doesn't impair, you know, it, it's, it's a very fine line between impairment and, and having THC in one's blood. Um, you know, they, they talk about adverse effects of acute cannabis intoxication reported by young adults, such as poor academic work and poor work performance and stuff. And like, we all know, again, like that type of shit, I think is more on the individual than, than the cannabis itself. So, um, I don't know, this study is, is, it's reaching a fucking long way, I think, to, uh, to correlate, you know, as they do, I only they, drove, as they do, it, it's, it's really brutal, and but again, it gets front page news when when you when there's lots of other good studies that that never see the light of fucking day. It seems like, but now, um, I will I will go and admit uh, that it's possible that they could come up with a program that if they got honest input from TG and honest input from TG's smartphone, that they could probably predict when TG was high. But I don't think you could take that program and put it in Mackey's pocket, and it wouldn't work. And that's what well, I have a problem with. The, the generalization. Thing is, I'm high Everybody's all the time. different. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was going to say. Where if you are always high, how is it going to know? Because it's the way we always say it. If you're always stoned, how is anyone going to know you're stoned? Well, mm. the, surely to do this shit anyway, the phone needs a baseline for when you're not stoned. Exactly. So where did it get that from? The PF. Does, does, does it guess that you're not stoned when it's moving about more? Or, where you or do you have to tell it? I have not smoked today. You know? <laughs> yeah, using, using the sensors in a person's phone, they can detect when a person might be experiencing cannabis intoxication. And this one kind of scares me, actually, and deliver a brief intervention when yeah. it might have. What is that, like, call the police, I guess? No, it's like fucking, what's that, what's minority reports? Like, we predict that yeah. he's going to be high right now, yeah. so let's jump yeah. in there and stop him just in case. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, itch it on a wooden I don't know. and send it uh, out. Uh, Slippery slope, motherfucker. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, the next one, what are you saying, Monkey? You got some news for us too. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we've got companies now that are actually looking at, at things that, that could possibly happen uh, once, the, once and if the U.S. decides to go federally legal from Politico. Uh, some cannabis firms see disaster in federal, federal legalization. Uh, and when I'm reading this article and going through the article, it makes several really, really neat points that I didn't consider before. Um, right now, all of the states, the United States are making cannabis laws, regulating cannabis in their own borders based upon what they want it to do, how they want it to be sold. And it doesn't affect anybody but the people within those borders. But once the federal government opens up the borders to, from state to state and allows interstate commerce, mm -hmm. this is going to change the entire uh, landscape of cannabis across the entire U United States almost immediately. And as you can probably guess, when you can move large quantities of cannabis across state borders in something about the size of the United States, what is this going to invite in? Big mm. cannabis, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is what this thing is talking about. We, we have a lot of states out there right now that are working to get social equity in place. And they're trying to, to, to give licenses to people who are underprivileged so they can have these small businesses and actually make something of themselves. As soon as the federal government legalizes cannabis, if they don't protect this kind of a situation, corporations can literally walk in there and buy up all the small guys and take everything for themselves. And there will be nothing stopping them at all. Now, I know this is this is kind of what we everybody's been talking about the panel right here. We've been talking about this since we came on the podcast. We don't want to see big cannabis out there. Mm -hmm. We want to see That's cannabis in our enough. communities and stuff. Well, there are some states out there that have figured out some ways of, of playing the game, but they, they don't play it by keeping everything small. Uh, for example, Oregon has already passed legislation that takes effect if the federal uh, legalizes cannabis. They're already set up the small farmers to allow them to ship it out of state. And then you've got uh, states like Colorado is looking at, well, if federal legalization is right around the corner, maybe we need to loosen a little bit of regulations on our growers too, so they can compete. So Colorado is loosening up regulations on outdoor grow now, so they can do outdoor grow almost as easily as indoor grow now in, in Colorado with less, less regulations. And so this is what the article is saying, that if these states want to keep these things in place, they're going to have to start planning now or everything that, that everybody's worked for as far as the social equity side of it, as far as, far as keeping this craft and family cannabis that we all want to see and keep this massive uh, canopy and all these other people out of it, we need to act now. Yeah, so I don't I think it's going to happen, it. though. <laughs> Big <laughs> cannabis is going to happen, man. It's just too much money, too much power. And the yeah. it's pretty much the government, man. The government are these rich people. So the, whatever laws will pass to make the game crooked in their favor will pass man that's the way it goes well even if they don't pass any laws to make it in their favor that's the situation of once you tear down all these 50 50 walls that the 50 states have set up around them and allow this stuff to go anywhere now you have a huge advantage for states that can produce cannabis less expensively so places uh, even though uh, in the article I actually said mississippi because well mississippi is in the south it has climate that's uh, good for producing canopy a cannabis, excuse me, and it also has cheap workforce and low energy costs. So places like that could actually steal cannabis production from, from mm -hmm. meccas like Colorado because you can produce it less expensive in Mississippi and ship it to Colorado. Well, you know, it, it's down to the consumer, man. It's down to us. We support, when all this shit happens, wherever you are, you have to support your local dealer, you know? Make well, sure that's true. Don't, don't be buying from the big companies. Support the smaller 
crops support the craft cannabis man and don't let the big companies take control well, that's, that's the only power we, we have well, we, well, we can keep it sort of like what's happened in the brewing game right now you are always going to have the big giant anheuser bush budweiser brands out there but you're going to have small craft breweries too and i think that's what we're probably going to end up in the very end mm -hmm. we will have in the u.s some national cannabis companies, but we're going to have some little local, like the local coffee brewers and stuff like that that we see right now. So we expect a huge landscape change in the United States if this happens overnight. Well, you think it will happen quickly, though, because this kind of thing don't happen quickly. Well, the thing is, you know, usually what, what's happened is when any country passed uh, legalization, it's like, OK, on this date, things are going to happen. And so everybody gets ready, you know, mm -hmm. and I just know that, you I mean, I just I'm confident that these corporations are lined up to mega million dollars right now just to go ahead and push everybody if they have to. There's so much money on the line and greed. It's just it's crazy. Mm -hmm. so, uh, this, this article, frankly, it scared me. It's like I'm going to have to actually look at this and see uh, see if there's any way we can prevent this once it comes to pass. So it, it does make a good point. Uh, TG, you said it many times. Uh, watch what you wish for. You just might get it. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's not as good as it works so as it sounds is it yeah so what's zian saying about the news this week too yeah zian's got an idiot this week <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh dear there's, there's 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 just no there's just no getting past this one um a family home was engulfed in flames when a cannabis grower using flammable gas to process the drugs decided to light the <laughs> process the drugs. <laughs> Fuck. So it's, it's, it's a very strange article as it goes, because unless he was like, I don't, I, 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 he's got two tiny little plants in the pictures. So I don't know what he was processing. I hope he wasn't processing any of them because they don't look too good. Anyway, Jordan Blakely from Washington Tyne and Weir was heavily under the influence of cannabis. How they know, <laughs> how they know this, I don't know. But he caused an explosion which resulted in a £10,000 bill. The 25-year-old who suffered extensive burns to his arms was using butane, a highly flammable gas, to extract oil from the plants. As he was working away, he decided to have a smoke, but the house went bang. <laughs> as, it, as it would. You know, uh, yeah. Butane. Cigarettes? No, not a good idea, Mr. Blakey. Um, the upstairs rooms were heavily damaged and he was very lucky to get out. Um, he approached firefighters asking to retrieve property. He was after his, he was after his grinder and his fucking birds, I know. <laughs> and he said, he, he actually told them, I'll be honest with you, I was extracting cannabis oil from the cannabis using butane gas. God He's That's got no choice in that because they'll go up there and they'll spot the butane gas and they'll spot the cannabis and they'll spot the little tube that he was doing and they'll know exactly what he was at. Um, the sad thing about this, well, it, the sad thing about this, the sad thing about this is Mr. Blakey himself. But his, fa <laughs> his family have been forced to move out the house while the rental company uh, carries out repairs and stuff, but they've told him he's not allowed to come back. Oh, no. So he's oh, no longer yeah. welcome in the house that he lived. No. Is he not welcome or is his family not welcome? Just him. Yeah, the missus kicked him out or something. It's, well, it's quite possible the rental, it says in the news, the rental company, rental company banned him. Right. Yeah. Because they can't blame the Damn. family for him. State of that as well. Fucking yeah. hell. So his, his, the, the, the house was occupied at the time with him, his mom, his dad and his niece. Wow. Oh, no, they, were, they, were all, they were all out at the time, luckily for him. 
which is why he probably decided to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, we've but, discussed this before in, in yeah. the, the extracts guides, which we do, you know, if you extract, if you're using anything like that, alcohol, butane, anything that's flammable. Outside is best. Outdoors. Outdoors, exactly. Yeah, it's the only but place. Still, do not put a cigarette or a spliff in. No, your yeah, don't. You do no, that's just stupidity. While you do this, that's I've worked. That's in like fucking. There's a reason why we don't fucking are lit up joints in the back. Mm. You know? And it, it's it's the very same thing as fucking lighting a fag down beside the fucking fuel tank when you're yep. filling your car. Yeah, it's yeah. just you don't I've, do it. I've seen that too. I've seen that too. Anyway, this guy got two years. Suspended for two years with re- rehabilitation uh, requirements, right. which you know so much are going to be a, a cannabis re-education That's course. That's a bitch, you know. Like probably should take a chemistry course while he's at it, so he learns. There's safe ways to do it, and this happens too often. And all it does is make everyone look bad because, like I say, you know, I work in a facility where we do this on every day safely, um, mm-hmm. and you don't need a billion dollar facility to do it safely either you just have to have some common sense and yeah this just sets everything back because it, it is a fucking big deal and somebody obviously got hurt and fuck you know he's a lucky guy really lucky yeah. he's very lucky mm-hmm. just be careful out there if you're making extracts everybody yeah. do it outside man do not use extractors with electric motors in because electric motors have brushes and the brushes produce sparks against the stator in the middle so you'll explode using one of them yes. too wow yeah. Um, yeah, the best way to do it is outside or don't bother. Or get the proper equipment. But yeah, just do it right. Yeah. Right then. Uh, Marge, you have some news from France. I do, and this news seems to be a little bit better than the last story we just heard. So, out of France, medical cannabis trials in France show promise. Uh, medicine produced from cannabis oils can improve patients' quality of life, but how will the country how the country will make legal cannabis farms financially viable remains uncertain. Basically, the gist of this article is that France started doing some trials into medical cannabis earlier this year, I think it was, and those trials are going quite well. They're finding that the patients are uh, enjoying some relief from their symptoms. These are looking at people who are suffering and they think cannabis will help when conventional treatments haven't been helping. So really no surprise to any of us here probably. Um, They're Mm -hmm. using, it looks like oils, a lot of oils, capsules and that kind of thing, CBD and CBD THC ratios as well. Mm. Um, And so they're looking at this, this obviously if these trials are going really well, then this could be the first step into the legalization of medical cannabis in France, which is currently illegal. Damn, and, they still yeah. haven't done it. Wow. No, no. real hardcore, yeah. They don't like me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the, you know, I find anytime they accept medical cannabis, usually, hopefully, yeah. it's not too long before recreational cannabis is the next, mm-hmm. the next thing. So, you know, anytime they're starting to look at studies and see that it's beneficial to a lot of people, you know, who are suffering, then I think that's a positive thing. Yeah, it's just a chance yeah. at least, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's what you need. And then as, I feel like as more and more countries conduct these types of studies, hopefully it'll start to spread around the world like wildfire. And one day we'll live in a world where weed is legal wherever you go. Well, yeah, but it's just a thing, man. <laughs> I could take it in my luggage, maybe, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could take yeah. it in your mouth, maybe. Even, yeah, on the plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> smoking back. Smoking as you wander through and go through all these countries. 
Once your edibles <laughs> on the airplane, that'd be cool. You know, being and able once... to buy edibles on the airplane. Ooh. But that would be something. Although I'd have, probably have my own anyway. Well, bring the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you would, Marge, but, you know, when, when, well, when, to, we're yeah, not all super chefs like you. Just <laughs> To yet. be honest, I've done edibles on the airplane. It just they didn't know about it. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, mm. Yeah. Bring yeah, in your gummy bears and eat them. <laughs> yeah. well, they're just gummy bears as far as they care. Do not stand yeah. up and go, this has got THC in it. Go, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> if you let me get on the plane with it, I'll split it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Why have you got a load of gummy stuffed up your bottom? Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right, my Cartman. diabetes medicine. Officer. <laughs> All right, Eric Cartman. <laughs> and then we have some news yeah. from GB from Sunny Ireland. Yeah, oh, that's far from sunny, I tell you. Um, yeah. yeah, so we we have had the first medicinal cannabis product. It's called Canna Apple, and it's um, basically it's a high level um, CBD with a very low level of THC component. It's a two of two to twenty or twenty to one ratio. Tiny, tiny bit of fucking THC in this. You know, but it works really well for certain patients like um, Ava Barry, um, which is Vera Toomey's daughter. And it actually made a mistake in the paper because it was saying that it was the, one of the head neurologists. But he's actually the chief pediatric neurologist in Temple Street Children's Hospital. That would be like the Great Ormond Street Hospital in, in England, lads. It's the biggest uh, children's specialist hospital. But he's he has come out and said that him and all of his colleagues are not going to prescribe this to any patient because of the high levels, they say, the high levels of THC and because there is no evidence that it is of any benefit. Hmm. Except for anecdotal evidence, no, suppose evidence. They just they, they don't want to look at the evidence. Is what the, you're telling the, me. The problem is though, mm-hmm. that, that there's so much anecdotal evidence. It yeah, can't all be bullshit, can it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he's saying that epi, um, epidolics, which is another um, epidolex, that is it? Epidolex, that's it, good man. Um, that would solve the the same problem. They're saying. But yeah, it won't but because side effects. <laughs> exactly. But it's not even it that. Will. It won't. Um, the, the likes of that they won't solve them because everything is different. Just one child, one medicine will work for one child. It won't work for the next. It's true. You know, and this is the thing. Like that, we we only have two. This is the third product now that's been put on for this this um, scheme. Now there has been no increase in the the ailments that you can avail of of cannabis or anything. And it's just like, this just shows you how backwards they are here in Ireland. You know, you had people before Prophet, Gino Kenny, and um, we've interviewed Gino and he's the one who spearheaded the whole um, campaign. He said that he finds it strange that doctors won't, don't want to just prescribe it. Mm. You know? And even the Professor Lynch, who says he agrees himself that it's a strange situation. But there's no control over in the the MCAP scheme there, of what's approved and what's not. Is there some sort of overarching body that that kind of like in, sense, in essence dictates what the physicians say or think kind of thing? Because that that is the case here. We've had legal medical cannabis for 20 years, and still you're hard pressed to find a physician that's like, yep, yeah, 
I'll do that. That's first line treatment. Yeah, that sounds good. Because yeah, like the the body that that kind of oversees the medical uh, practitioners, I don't know what it's called. They have a they have a pamphlet. I don't know if they've updated said pamphlet, but when I read it last, it was yeah, like it was just a bunch of reefer madness essentially. And yeah. to use cannabis as the last last uh, resort treatment for only very exclusive diseases and things like this. So and and this is where I was just coming to teach because we do have a body like that. It's the Health Products okay. Regulatory Authority. It's the HPRA. And the yeah. chief executive of this said body, Lorraine Nolan, has turned around and she said that medicinal cannabis, uh, medicinal products should not be confused with authorized medicines, mm. which are a better treatment if yeah. available. There you go. Yeah. And, and this is basically... I don't like that statement, though. I no. don't like that statement. No. It sounds like bullshit to me. It yeah. is pure bullshit. And mm. this is what we have to... The, the thing is, I'm sure that lady, Lorraine, is eminently qualified in prescription drugs and the likes of things, but she's not qualified to, to comment about cannabis because she knows sweet fuck all about it. You never know, mate. The people yeah. they put in positions of power in, in government nowadays, just because she's like health secretary or some yeah, shit, yeah. doesn't mean she knows anything about medicine or science whatsoever. It's just some person they put in that place to take blame when shit goes wrong. That's all I it is. I feel like that kind of is almost dogmatic where like physicians have have done what they've done, you know, traditional quote, Western medicine for so long. And then marijuana all of a sudden comes around and it's, it's in the same thing as, as when, when you go into your doctor's office and you'd say, Oh, I Googled what I have. And I think it's this, you know, and they roll their eyes at you because mm-hmm. Google they're offended. Right. So yeah. for marijuana to come in and be like, actually marijuana can be A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, and get rid of all the fucking pharmas that you are so you know, sure, help everybody. They look like assholes, really. You know, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's mm-hmm. as, as a physician too, man. It's probably pretty hard to come out against all your colleagues and be like that guy, right? Because you get blacklisted. You get there's all kinds of repercussions oh, for yeah, being, yeah. You know, so good day, didn't it? He was sacked. Exactly. Yeah, very very true. Yes, I'm okay. when, when we interviewed Dr. Goldman, that's what she was saying is that when she started doing cannabis, uh, you know, as far as medicine goes, that she kind of kept it a secret for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I first brought it up to my old doctor, who also didn't give me my prescription, um, he told me, uh, and I've been using medical cannabis, this was for about five or six years already. Um, he said he didn't want to give me a prescription because he didn't want his clinic to be known as the drug clinic. You know? right so yeah. he was even maybe willing to entertain it but still there was that stigma of fucking something yeah. i don't even i don't even know because i'm not going to go telling everybody obviously but times are changing though and there's more and more doctors prescribing it all the time so mm-hmm. we'll get there eventually i think yeah yeah you know people are going to get it just some, some places they're just a lot slower than others indeed so then we have some forum news which we'll get to um i wrote a new bugs guide this week it's not fully complete there's still some links in it that link up to fungus gnats when they should link up to other bugs because i haven't written those guides yet but i'm working on it and that should be done over the next couple of weeks and then it's fully complete but check it out under bugs at percy square room it's a cool post then uh ed rosenthal is coming back because his book is out it's on the way to distributors i think uh advanced copies have already been sent out to people and shit there's a copy on its way to me very nice. cool. Lucky. I'm saying. Hopefully, so, yeah, signing it. Copy, go ahead and forward that one to me when you get it. 
I'll just, you, might, you know, the postage on sending that, the last, last time he sent me two books. <laughs> and the postage was like worth more than the books was. It came it from all the way from California. Way. And, you know, books are heavy, man. So it's expensive. It is. But it's like, damn it. it send me free books and then paid a ridiculous amount for postage as well. It's like, what a fucking legend, man. Ed Rosenthal, he's back on the 13th. So we'll probably do um, a Patreon stream for that. So the patrons can come in and watch us interview Ed Rosenthal live. That'd be cool. Uh, Dre90 was member of the month. Well done, Dre. Andrea, uh, maybe you're out there listening somewhere. Well done. Congratulations. Haven't noticed you in chat. No. Yeah. I see. We, we'll remove it, you know, if you're not there in chat. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Ooh, is there a new requirement? Yeah, I'll just make a random rules as I go along. Yeah. And then it's Stoney's birthday. Uh, oh, happy Stoney, birthday. We haven't seen Stoney around the forum for a while. He's very busy, but I know he listens to the show sometimes. So if he's out there listening or Twisted, Twisted can let him know that we gave him a shout out there to let him know. Happy birthday. Happy birthday from everybody at High and Home Grow. And then ZN, what are you saying? You got a little something to say? Oh boy, mugs, bro, mugs. Oh shit, yeah. Apparently, yeah. we got some mugs. Apparently, I got a room full of them. Actually, yeah, but it's better than that. Oh shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the version one mug. Yes, I said it right, yeah. dude. If I had a flipping, if I had a camera now, I'd show you, mate. But I can't because yeah. like, I haven't, and you know, it's yeah. We've got mugs. Pretty much everybody. Mm. ZN's gone and made loads of Percy's mugs, and yeah. he's gone and made loads of high and homegrown mugs. And yeah. he's surrounded by them and can't move around his house anymore. So he's trying to get rid of them. Yeah. So can you help him by purchasing a mug so he can have his house back? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All you have to do is message him and he'll tell you what needs to happen and shit. So, and then, you know, they're not, they're not expensive. They're not. No. No. So yeah. Get, get over to the end. 60 bucks, you know. Yeah, yeah, sixty bucks. Ten thousand one. I'll take ten. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. And speaking of uh, ten thousand yeah, one, camera again because you were going. Look at that! Look at that! There's a Percy Mug. Why does it go dark like that? I don't know. Stupid. Because the uh, your background the cord thing that's covering it's not covering the camera all the way. Yeah, yeah it is. It, I have a slider built into my computer, so oh, like, yeah. obviously not airtight. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, and we're also watching Squid Games in a, like, a watch party. We watched episode one. And, we were supposed to watch episode one and two in the watch party yesterday. We watched two episodes, and everyone's like, go on, Ed, one more. One more episode. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. No, don't. don't, <laughs> no, don't. Because we, on the session on Friday, we're all going to be talking about the Squid Games, right? So we want to make sure that everybody who listens has seen the Squid Games or either or don't give a fuck about it so they right, don't care about gonna, spoilers. Spoilers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the watch party is open. We're going to watch another couple of episodes, maybe three episodes tomorrow at six o'clock, which is Wednesday, which you'll, uh, I mean, the patrons might hear Wednesday? it. Wednesday? Tomorrow? What, is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Stoner. You know, a few days. Too many days, man. What day <laughs> is it now? No, <laughs> big game for you. Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I, I need to smoke a little days. bit more of this cannabis, I think. <laughs> we, yeah, so we're watching uh, Squid Games. We wanna, we've got three more episodes tomorrow, which is Monday. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then we'll watch oh, another God. one on like Wednesday or something. Maybe that's <laughs> what. But yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday. What? Well, it's still good. So, uh, any other news? Is that everything? I think we're good. We'll move on to the, uh, the Star Dog strain of the week. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. That's me. Ooh. So what's this star dog they're all talking about? 
Well, sometimes it is Star Dog and sometimes it's not. Mm -hmm. But when it is, um, it's a, a, a Bay, Area, Bay, Bay Area of California cross between Chem Dog 4 and Trez Dog or Dog. Um, dog, not, yeah. It, yeah. They're saying it's likely it got its name from the, the, the crystalline trichomes that inhabit the strain, appearing like stars. Um, THC, the, the, the usual is between 16 and 22%. Um, even though it's marked up there as THC 22%. Um, typical effects. Now, this, this, this has confused me slightly because apparently it makes people paranoid. I've never been paranoid in my life of it, and I quite like the strain. But mm. it's one of those. It's a creative... In my head, it's a bit of a creative and keeps me going kind of strain if it is Stardog. See, us in the UK, we get any old shit. And yeah, they just say it's Stardog. Just say, yeah, yeah, Stardog, bro. It's fire. And then you, you smoke it and it turns out to be some crap that's not even close to Star Dog, but that's all they had, so they called it Star Dog. They called it Star Dog, yeah. Star Dog champion. Good sorry, 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 I was gonna say apparently it's a um it's a good one for um fatigue, stress, and anxiety, and it blunts pain. Well, most <laughs> yeah, is that, I think. Very, yeah, mm -hmm. descriptors. That's it, just, yeah, vague, vague descriptions. You know, it's like, uh, what's the effects? Get you high. Oh, this it's is weed, really, yeah, so, like, you know. What's it, it taste like? Weed? It's cannabis, yeah. <laughs> Usually it's like euphoria and uh, drowsiness. Yeah, well, it looks, you know, pretty much. Yeah, most it's cannabis. every emotion when I do my description. Yeah. Just everything does everything yeah. or nothing. <laughs> Uh, some usually it's uplifting because most strains, you know, you, at least you have a five or ten minute uplift before you crash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My experience with the dog line, I don't know, I've never smoked Star Dog, but I've smoked Chem Dog, and that's that is pretty heavy shit. Usually it's yeah. it smells pretty unique, chemi, obviously. Um, so I assume Star Dog is, is somewhat in that lineage, and uh, probably would be good for eating if I had to assume effects for myself but again like you said it's different for everybody so but it, it, it's it's what's it on here on wikileaf it's it's saying um people remark on the musky earthy scent with diesel fuel notes uh cannabis lovers appreciate the strong funky aroma but it may be too strong for novices and first timers the aroma well, yeah. has been described as morning breath a truck stop low fuel <laughs> skunk and a vat full of chemicals Delicious. Yeah, that sounds a lot like <laughs> like Kim Dog would be in My God, man! Like a, like a, a dirty trucker just got up in the morning, ate a dead skunk for breakfast, and then breathed in your face. You know, yeah. that's mm -hmm. a pretty good. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what that probably smells like. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that trucker. Yeah. And it's a, a 60 40 <laughs> sativa for anybody that's interested, leaning Ooh. towards the 60% oh, sativa. Oh, okay. If you're out there in the UK and somebody comes up to you and says, you know, it's Star Dog, it's Star Dog, bro, it's, it, it probably is not Star Dog. Yeah. If you've gone to the seed bank and you've bought Star Dog from the seed bank and it's arrived and it's in the packaging that says Star Dog and you planted them in the pots and not got them confused with any other strain because that happens sometimes, make sure you label your pots. <laughs> but then when it gets to the end and you cut it down and you hang it and you don't mix that up either then that that's that star dog. dog you know that star dog thing you know but 
in any other case, don't believe them. Just you know. Yeah. To be fair though, I, I, I've, 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 in between my flipping, my, my plant flipping, trilling, and moving house and all the shit, there was a time where I had to start buying it, and Stardog was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. And, and all the ones I went to that were selling the Stardog, ninety percent of it turned out to be Stardog because I've got, I know how it smells now. Mm. Um, so you can sniff the bag and you can go keep that shit, mate, because you ain't selling me that. Yeah. But it, it didn't happen very often. There was a lot of it. My boys got done a couple of times with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see, it was just everywhere at one point. Well, I don't think it's everywhere now. There's it's so not. many more strains. It was more of a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Lemon haze seems to be the one at the minute. Hey, that's the, that's uh, that's the one I've got. Super yeah. lemon. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Well, maybe we'll do super lemon haze next week. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, thank you. Strain of the week there, everybody. Star Dog. Let us know if you tried it. Of course, you've tried it. Everybody's tried it. Uh, if Apart not, give it a shot. Apart from TG, I, uh, it's no not way. It in Canada. I don't remember it being around here too much. I'll give it a shot. It's, it's not a strain. It's not. It's, it's, it's in your dispensary, Marge. No, no. We have Ken Dog, but not Star Dog. Okay. Ah, well, yeah. we'll, we'll have to find some seeds and send them to you then. Indeed. Yes, please do. Because it is a good strain. It's not shit. It's just that, you know, people lie a lot about fucking... Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it was this strain. If it's the real deal, it's good weed, though, yeah, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it was very good. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Strain of the week, everybody. Let's uh, let's move on to the next section. Well, should we have a quick word from our sponsor? That's right. We don't have sponsors. That's right. <laughs> oh. We don't do ads here. That's right. And oh. we just want to highlight that quickly to everybody. We don't do ads and shit. So if you can... Become a patron to support the show and prevent us from getting ads on here to spam all of y'all, then that would be much appreciated. Just we do says. talk a little bit about sometimes our sponsors at the forum and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah, but our ads are honest shit. You know, that. we haven't they're sold okay, our man. souls to anybody. No, we no. give you our honest opinion on everything. And, and we, we, we openly deal with these people. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's not like we've just, oh, they're new people. Give us money right. and we'll tell them all you're brilliant. Mm-hmm. No, we deal with these people. Like you said, we, we order with from these people. We trust these people. That's why we recommend those people. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah, just going to so. go hit, a, hit this Grav Labs bong now. Oh, what? Grav Labs? <laughs> oh, really? What do you have from what Grav Labs, Gigi? Like <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so that was our ad for our patron. Okay, everybody. Now here's Crow Guides. <laughs> Yeah, so back on the uh, the writing vibe this week, I've been doing a lot of writing and shit, putting new posts out. And one of the posts we put out was, uh, the Budrat one was a new one, and now we're doing Powdery Mildew, because that was a, another post I wrote this week. And it's a pretty good one, and, and it's apt as well. It's that time of year where mold is more common because humidity rises, it gets cold. Yep. And shit. Yeah, bastard rises. It's on Twitter, man. Lots of people having problems. So we also have a guide. If you if you want to go check out the guide, it's in the description, which will be on highonhomegrown.com slash live streams. If you go high on homegrown, click live streams, you'll see there in the description, there's a link there to the article at Percy's. So you can click that and go through the article with us if you want to. But for now, we're going to explain what the fuck, but uh, not but we did that. Yeah, so now we're going to explain. <laughs> so now we're going to explain what the fuck powdery mildew is. So who wants to take this first? Monkey, you want to explain... What is powdery mildew? Well, mildew, it's, it's a fungus. First, let's start with that. 
and it appears as, as white, almost a dusting, powdery, uh, almost residue looking, the stuff that I've seen, not like really powdered sugar piled on leaves, but almost like, uh, how can I explain this, uh, like water spots on glass almost sometimes. It starts off as a real faint uh, covering on your leaves to where if you touch it, it'll, it'll come off on your hands, but it's like, it doesn't look, the stuff that I've had on, on my plants, Mackie, basically looks like, oh, this is no big deal. But if you don't deal with it, it will literally eat the whole plant. Uh, mm -hmm. all, I, all I can tell you, I don't know the name of, of the bacteria on it. Honestly, I don't. I haven't there's dealt with it very much. a fuckload of them. Depending on the plant, um, there yeah. are multiple, multiple fungus that will actually cause powdered mildew. But uh, I don't actually know the one that does it to cannabis either. But mm. Yeah, but I mean, it's basically, yeah, it's going to just grow on. Basically, you'll find it mostly on the leaves of the plant. That's where it's going to first show up. Eventually, if you leave it untreated, it's going to go all over everything now. But it'll show up on the outer extremities of your plant first in a little white dust almost on the plant that if you leave it alone, that dust is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger until it just keeps on growing. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, what... That's what I call bud rot. No, it's not bud rot. It's powdery mildew. Stop doing that, everybody. The reason I'm doing that is because I'm looking at your post and they're side by side. Yeah. Oh, are they? Yeah, they are. Well, it's on the screen. Watch the screen. <laughs> yeah. It's on the screen. Yeah, right little there. white spots all over your leaves. Not a good sign. Yeah, that's usually how it's going to start off on you. And if you leave it go, it's going to progress towards your buds and then eventually it will catch into your buds and basically take over your plant. Yeah. So where does it come from then, TG? Uh, well, like Monkey said, it's a, a fungal infection. So spores kind of just, you know, spores of fungus are everywhere in the environment. You, you can't clean the outside, obviously, right? So, um, and they're so small, they get in, you know, intakes and things. So they're really hard to ultimately be rid of totally, unless you have like HEPA filtration and, and a sealed room and all that shit. So yeah, basically they just, they're, they're everywhere. And, um, and you have to more prevent it by, you know, providing them with an inhospitable environment and keeping your place as clean as you can. But yeah, mm -hmm. they, they come from everywhere, basically. Dirty yeah. shit yeah. mostly, but um, they, they are everywhere. So yeah. And they, they need certain conditions too before they germinate, don't they? Which, Marge, you want to say what, say what causes powdery mildew yeah, to grow? Yeah, for sure. Powdery mildew is caused by warm temperatures, high humidity, and bad air circulation. So when you have those three, that trifecta, that's going to give you perfect conditions for powdery mildew. Mm -hmm. So you want to avoid all those things. If you can, because <laughs> that's if pretty, much, it's yes. pretty much the, the conditions of a grow room. You know, you just yeah. want to keep pretty the humidity yeah. down, try, try and keep the humidity down as much as possible. That's all you can do in the grow room, really. And like air circulation fans, you've got to have your fans on all the time and make sure that it's getting to everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a pain in the ass if you're, you know, you don't want to see any kind of mold and shit on your plants. So, yeah. <clears throat> what are you saying, Zian? You want to explain how to prevent this shit from getting onto your plants? Have you had powdery mildew before? No, I've never had any mold, no. mildew, or whatever. The only thing I've had is bird rot, and that was right. kind of my own fault for not being flipping, like looking mm -hmm. at my plants and shit. Mm -hmm. But powdery mildew is uh, best kept at bay with lots and lots of airflow. The easiest way is lots and lots of airflow because obviously you're going to get heat in your grow room, you're going to get moisture, especially when you're flipping water to plants. Mm -hmm. and so it's going to be a thing 
but if you're if your extraction's up to it and you've got a decent fresh air is better which is why people say you need to like suck in from outside mm -hmm. room yeah. air in your house is already on the turn because it's been there and if you haven't got windows mm -hmm. and stuff it's kind of like yeah it's 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 easier to catch so fresh air is the better way even though it's more laden with mold spores mm -hmm. um but again extraction your extraction needs to be up to the job mm -hmm. if that's up to the job then you, you, you're 100% less likely to get it. Outside is a different issue, obviously, because outside is a pain in the ass. Yes, well, it's yeah. the same thing, and it's airflow is the... Yeah. You've got to make sure that you don't plant your plants, or if they're in pots, you know, don't have them too close to fences and walls and shit like that, because you need to be out... Because they're going to start small, but they'll get big, and when they're big, they're still going to need a lot of airflow around them, so bear that in mind when you plant things. Yeah, and this is a thing for like a lot of outdoor growers, though, isn't it? Even if they are in legal countries, they don't want people seeing their flipping plants because otherwise they'll be jumping over there, yeah, nicking yeah. them. Mm -hmm. So they tend to put fences and stuff around, which stops the airflow. So let's say then that unfortunately you have found some white dust on your plant and you suspect it to be powder and mildew. What do you do about it, GB? You want to do that shit? Uh, well, there's a couple of ways. To be honest, that you can you can get rid of it. There's um the old soap and water method. Mm -hmm. uh, you can use that, or you can use a uh, diluted milk down. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in too favour of diluted milk because when it, the milk that is there, it'll go rancid. It will. It'll you get different cause more problems. Um, then you've baking soda as well. You can use a solution of baking soda. Yeah. All the yeah. time as well. And kind of just give them a, a spray down. There is there's a few different ways. I, again, myself personally, I haven't had, I thought I had powdery mildew once. And it turned wow. out it was just... Um, dust. <laughs> not the, the dust, it was salt buildup off. Uh, I was after doing a foliar feed. Mm. I was like... Oh my God, do I have fucking powdery mildew? But uh, I didn't in the end. But yeah, no, there, there, there. A couple of ways. Um, you can also use potassium bicarbonate, mm -hmm. spraying it down. But there's there's a good few ways of doing it. I mean, the milk one I, is I a popular it. one. That's the one. Uh, I don't know why people use it. And I don't think that it's actually known why it works so well. But, you know, the diluted group. It's probably the fat content. Yeah, it, apparently it, it boosts the plant's use, immune uh, system, maybe. But that's the preferred method. That's what a lot of people use to get rid of powdered mildew. And that will inside and outside. What do you mean inside and outside? Well, I thought that was more of an outside thing. Yeah, the you mean for outdoor plants. Yeah, because then when it rains, the the, 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 the milk's gonna wash off the plant. Mm -hmm. and it's hard but you can wash the milk that. off the plant afterwards anyway. I suppose so, but it's pretty hard to do that unless you take it into the shower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But anything like that, I reckon it's always best to take the plant outdoors if you're gonna trip any yeah. liquids yeah. on it and shit. You don't want that mm -hmm. in the grow room. Well, to be fair, you've got to worry about then what you're bringing back in with it. Because if you take it outdoors and you've got like other plants and you've got other beasties on your plants, then you might be taking something but, else back into your room. Well, that's something that's on the next bit, Marge, if you want to go over that bit, how to get the powdery mildew off leaves, because you don't necessarily have to spray it. Yeah, that's true. So while it does suggest to start with one of the solutions that GB just mentioned, and then you can basically just wipe it off the plants, off the leaves. This is for the leaves in particular. Mm -hmm. And that's probably the easiest way to do it. And then you're not only treating it to prevent it from happening further or in the future, 
but you're also removing it, the spores from your plant as well. That's it, man. Yeah. And you can yeah. just use soapy water for that as well. Yeah. And when we say soap, you, you can use dish soap like for washing up, but that shit can be strong. And most of the time it's scented as well. You know, it smell like lemons. Seems like it'd something. be really harsh. Yeah, yeah. it recommends Castile soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't instead. use normal normal soap, to be fair. No, yeah. I, I've used it before and it's burnt my plants. Yeah. But Castile mm-hmm. is the best option because it's milder and it doesn't have any scent. You can get unscented Castile soap. And it's always good to have guard, on guard because you can make loads of different pesticides with it. So if you haven't got yeah, that shit already, get some. Yeah. yeah, it's useful for a lot of different stuff. And then they're suggesting the bicarbonate powdering mildew spray as mm-hmm. a present, preventative once a week as well. Yeah, nice, man. And then um, if you got it on your buds, which is rarer, you, you'll see, you're more likely to see it on your leaves. But if you got it on your buds, then it's pretty easy to get rid of as well. TG, you want to go over that one? Yeah, so do a, a three-part, you know, lemon juice, baking soda, uh, and then rinse with warm, rinse with cool water wash. Like we have a guide, I think, on virtuesgrow.com. Does he go with Yeah. But yeah, you wash them and get as, like, I, I personally, because um, I just did a wash actually yesterday. Fucking disgusting. Like, and I know I didn't get everything out because trichomes are naturally pretty sticky and probably some of the spores will stick in there. So I, Personally, don't think you could probably get everything out, but washing them, yeah, will be your best bet um, mm-hmm. to uh, clean it as best you can and, uh, and rinse that shit off. You see, but the, and that shit's going to be difficult. You have to, it depends on how the plant is, because if the plant is already standing, you've got weeks left to harvest, then you're not going to be able to chop the plant down to wash it, which is, you know, the easiest way. So if the plant's yeah. still standing, uh, how would you go about washing it? You want to cover that, Monkey? Yeah, look, if you got if you got powdery mildew on the buds and it's not quite time for your harvest yet, you want to try and use, first of all, a baking soda solution is going to go ahead and mix up a baking soda solution at a rate of about two, what is that, about two teaspoons per liter? That's like two milliliters per uh, two milligrams or, or something per liter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just a small amount. It's only baking yeah. soda. You don't have to be exactly. Just no, we're, we're, we're trying to get a little bit of pH changes are all we're trying to do there and mm-hmm. upset the mildew. So then you spray that onto your buds. And then after you get that onto your buds, you need to get that off your buds. You're going to mix a second solution of hydrogen peroxide and lemon juice. Now the hydrogen peroxide is going to provide a lot of oxygen to help kill any kind of uh, bacteria or nasties on there. And the lemon juice is simply going to neutralize your baking soda on there. So that's your second spray on top of your buds after they've been hit with the baking soda and uh, solution. You come back with the lemon juice and the hydrogen peroxide. And then the last step would be after you've got all that done, you should have all your mildew neutralized and ready to be removed. So you're going to come back with a gentle spray of water and just gently wash the buds off. And then after you've done that, gently shake the water off the buds because you don't want to start bud rot after that. Nice. And that should, should be a good situation for you right there to recover mm-hmm. pretty well. That's it. It's a bit of pain in the ass, but take your time with it. Don't get, you know, don't spray too much because you don't want too much drippage all over the place and shit. But the yeah. easiest thing to do if you if you've come to harvest time and you find some on your buds, then then that's an easy, there's an easier way to get rid of that. And there's a good video by our friend Jorge Cervantes up on YouTube on how to wash the buds, so you can check that out. But zombie, you want to cover how to wash the buds after harvest? After harvest, well, once you've chopped them down, you know, rather than them <laughs> being on the plant. No idea. I never washed buds after a harvest before. 
Did you well, did you read the guide that, that I wrote on Persis <laughs> and left in the show notes? Like, did you check out this guide here because this has got the the information we're going to be talking about on the show on the weekend? I've only seen, I've only seen the book. The book it's flipping washing. What's it on the guide? That's all I was looking at. I'm yeah, not yeah. flipping after washing after flipping harvest. I don't. Mm, that that, that is after harvest. Yeah, you know, once you've oh, chopped the plant down and you just not say, after curing, buddy. <laughs> no, no, not, not, well, not when it's dry, mate. Not, not wash your buds after dry. No, no, no. Oh, after you you... fucking idiot! <laughs> ah, wash your no, buds after got, harvest. Yeah, I've got that. No, 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 no. I've got that. That's not a problem. That ain't a problem. It's people oh. smoke far too much cannabis. Oh my god! Yeah, um, uh, um, 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 your stuff, hydrogen peroxide, again. Um, dump it in a bucket, get three buckets, one of water, one of hydrogen peroxide, and uh, one of uh, your, your, what's it? Oh, Baking God. soda. Baking soda, that's the one, thank you. Yeah. Um, dunk it in one, dunk it in the next, dunk it in the next, hang it up to dry. Pretty much, yeah. So and the first bucket's going to have the baking soda in. It's just like the uh, the last process. Instead of spraying it on the buds, you're going to dip the buds into the baking soda, which is bucket one. Give them a shake for 10, 20 seconds just to try and remove any debris. Not not too vigorous, like just a little shake. And then gentle. take that out, shake off the excess water, dip it in bucket two, which has got lemon juice and peroxide in, which will help kill off and prevent any more mold. And, you know, 20, 30 seconds again, shake it off. And then there's bucket three with clean water which you just dip that in, shake off, and just get off any of the peroxide or lemon juice or baking soda. So it's just fresh, clean, but after that, shake off any water and hang it up somewhere and let, let it dry. It's best for like an hour or so after you've done this to keep the fans on high just to make sure that most of the large droplets have uh, been evaporated away by the breeze before you slow the fans down and begin to dry the buds properly. Yeah, and I want to go ahead and add in there, you said shake off. You want to be very gentle when you're working your buds, when you're dipping them in your in your buckets. Mm -hmm. Be careful because all your trichomes are still gooey and can be broken off and messed up. So go in your buckets carefully, swish down very gently, take them out to the next bucket. And then don't, when he's talking about shaking them, it's gently shaking them off and then hanging them to dry. Don't be vigorous and clean them across the room. I can just a vision of somebody shaking the heck out of them and ruin your bugs. You know, no trichomes left because they're all stuck to the wall. And then drink the bucket of water. There, yeah. 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 Don't drink the bucket of water constant. That's not a good idea, bro. Oh, no. Well, you could try it. Let us know how you get on. If we don't hear from you, we'll know. So uh, he says, as he's washing the buds, though, I mean, after you keep doing this, you'll actually see on the first bucket, the scum start coming up to mm. the top and you can you can scoop that off as you go. Yeah. So just to finish off, then, uh, March, is this shit harmful to humans? Well, like any mold. Yes. And no. So yeah, it's yeah. not really that harmful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not really that harmful. If you have any kind of like asthma or allergies, generally speaking, someone like myself, I do. Uh, you probably don't want to breathe it in. You probably shouldn't breathe it in anyway, because it's not that good for you. So if you're working around a plant with powdery mildew, maybe wear a mask or something like that just to keep from breathing it in. Mm. But generally speaking, it's pretty, it's not harmful. My freedom though, my freedom. <laughs> my freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and, you know, powdery mildew, it's not a good thing to find in, in on your plant. You know, no kind of mold is a good thing to find. Yeah. If there's anything you want to find it, you want it to be powdery mildew. Because it only grows on the surface of the plant. It doesn't grow in the buds and shit. So it can be washed off. It doesn't destroy the whole crop like uh, yeah, bud rot does. Bud rot. Yeah. yeah. 
So, it, it can do if left too long. It can start eating away at things because that's what mold does. It gets its well, food from no, whatever it, it lands on. Yeah, it'll take the nutrients from the plant and it, yeah. it also covers the leaves to the extent where it's not absorbing light anymore. So the yeah. plant stops yeah, photosynthesizing yeah. and it will die that yeah. way. It'll be yeah, like prevention is the key. Waste of time, yeah. Yeah, as prevention as long is as your extraction is up and you, you, yeah. Yeah, you keep good airflow. Relative. Good airflow. No, one thing about prevention that I didn't um, compost tea. Foliar spraying compost tea is a great way because um, you're covering your leaves with like a fucking army of good microbes and those mm -hmm. good microbes, as long as they're kept healthy and alive and stuff, will fend off a lot of the bad microbes, i.e. botrytis, powdery mildew, and a number yeah. of other shit. So Even bugs you, and uh, shit, man. Yeah, good bugs versus bad bugs, you know, yeah. fucking yeah. Get, the, get the army going. So well, yeah, that's what yeah. I do. Overall, if it's just a little bit of your of your buds as well, and you plant with the powder and mood on, we recommend you just don't use anything with mold on it, man. Yeah. You know, your whole crop shouldn't be covered. We just yeah. throw that bud away. It's only going to be one bud, maybe two. It's better to be safe than sorry. Don't smoke moldy buds. But it if you have to, then... if you're a new grower, but after a while, you won't even blink about throwing that bud away. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. no, don't do it. Don't take the risk. Yeah. I'll smoke, but I have smoked bad moldy buds before. It ain't good. It ain't fun. You will cough. It'll make you sick. Yeah. yeah. Your lungs will get all itchy. So that's it, everybody. Powder and mildew. You know, if you have to clean the buds and use them, then you can, but still be very cautious, man. It, it, you know, get the trichome out, the trichroscope out, look up close and make sure that all the powdery mildew is removed if you do use the bud as well. Yeah. But preferably throw it away. Your choice, man. Just be very careful. But that's about it. It's time for what the fuck was that? GB with your cryptic sounds from the workplace season. I don't know what you're doing here, man. <laughs> oh, and I, I can't believe nobody has got them because they're not that hard, to be fair. I don't know, mate. I've seen the videos, and, and even if I didn't see that's the only way I know. I wouldn't guess what these were without them videos. So let's quickly play what this week's sound was, and then GB's going to tell you what they both are. Here we go. I have to listen. That was it. No, that was that was it. I'll play it one more time so you can all hear it again. GB, what was that sound from last week? What the fuck was that sound? The sound from last week was the blades of a forklift just being dropped straight down onto the concrete. Oh, you naughty <laughs> boy. How, how did you not get that, everybody? How did you not? It was so, so obvious, Jeep. <laughs> boy, listen, if you've ever driven a forklift, you'll know that sound. That's yeah, that's exactly. what I thought. Yeah. 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 Not even, in fairness, not even if you've ever driven a forklift, if you've ever just been in a warehouse or exactly. anywhere near one, you would have heard that many, yeah. many times. Yeah, yeah. It was not even realised. Because... The hard part was there was no other noises as such. Mm -hmm. It was just normally you hear when. Well, I had to edit those out because I heard somebody actually calling your name at the end of it. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, I was a little bit There was an Irish lady here. speaking in the background. Yeah. So what was the one before that? What was the week before? And the one before that again was very easy. I thought you all would have got this because we have been talking so much about mugs and t-shirts and all of this jazz 
Yeah, but they're was, not making them. <laughs> I know, but again, people would hear these things if you're on holidays and you get one of those fucking don't panic, it's organic or keep calm fucking yeah. T-shirts. It is a big fucking heat press, a big spring-loaded heat press. Okay, then. Here we go. Yeah. So even if you... Love, how come nobody got that? Well, well, is there no football fans or fucking sports fans? Do you not get your numbers and stuff put onto the back of your T-shirt? Well, no, we buy them pre-done. I was going to say, everybody gets them online these days. They don't get yeah, to tell how they're made. <laughs> yeah, well, look, come here and go. It's the last time I bought one in a sports shop. It was a long time ago. I was going to say, what were you, 12? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Uh, sure. well, yeah, no, that's I, mean, what they I remember those things, but that shows my age, though. I mean, come yeah, on. I, yeah, same. Yeah. I remember them well. I had, I had, I, oh god, I had a I Harrington really. right back in the day. Harrington jackets when they were all the fashion. If anybody remembers that far back. Tension again here, Sian. I know. Sorry, but you know, yeah. it's it's about heat presses, so I've got to do it. Um, I had a Harrington jacket and I wanted fucking madness on the back of it. My mum wouldn't let me and she forced me to get my name on the back of it. And I was treated like a cunt for the next fucking three weeks by everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on a different note, poor ZN's fucking childhood. (laughs) um, This week's sound, it is a fucking hard one. Okay. Okay. So if I class these other ones as easy ones. This is probably easy then. Yeah, yeah maybe. No so let's, it's easy when you know it. Yes. Good it's luck, easy. everybody. It's easy when you know it. <laughs> Download the episode and see if you can find out what that sound is on Tuesday. Or it'll go out on Monday for the patrons and huh? shit. You know how it goes. But that's about it. And you well, know played. how it goes. I can possibly be bought at the right price. <laughs> that sounds like a proposition <laughs> and you've right got then. an only fan site for that shit it's really you know it's like it, we're gonna get you two shut us down in a minute here <laughs> okay so let's move on to this week's interview good luck with the sound everybody listen closely to the episode <laughs> The interview this week is with Emily Dutton. As we said, she's an author and she wrote the book Grassroots, The Rise and Fall and Rise of Marijuana in America. So I haven't read the book because I don't do much reading, but she's done a lot of research and shit. She's, you know, well researched on this topic. It's no doubt a good book. So if you're into reading books like that, then check it out, man. You'll be able to find it on Amazon and all good bookstores and things. Yeah, she did some pretty good. uh, She made a few good points during the interview about where, where it came from, why it happened, and why why we're seeing what we're seeing today. And it's like, she she's very eye-opening in her interview. She has mm-hmm. a good bit of information, to, uh, good information to drop here on you guys. Yeah, and, and she's also working on a second book. So when that comes out, hopefully she'll come back on the show and we can hear more yeah. from her. That she she will, so we're going to hold her to it, man. Get her back on. That's right. You said so. We've got it. We've That's recorded. Right. Recorded. <laughs> no, she'll come back. She said she'd be happy to, though. Yeah, man. Cool. So here we go. 25 minutes long. So we'll see you at the end and we'll go on to listener mail. And if you have any questions that you want to drop in the chat for listener mail, then make sure you put a cue before it. So we know it's not one of you random people just talking about random things, you know, Billy Bonds and Husky and the random things you talk about. And if you don't put a cue in front of it, Mackie will delete it. Yeah. Yeah. That's also true. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go, everybody. This is Emily Dufton. Hope you enjoy. We'll be back in a bit. 
So yeah, Emily, you're an author.、Mm-hmm. How is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a difficult job, isn't it? That is. Well, it's a it's a fine job if you don't if you have no interest in earning income. It's a great job. <laughs> it's wonderful for those of us who are not so invested in in capitalism.、Um, uh, yeah, so I'm、uh, I'm working on my second book now, and I luckily just won、uh, a grant, so they gave me、uh, some money. So I, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Well, congratulations, but, well done. Thank you. That's cool, but man. The, the bigger、Please. problem is.、Um, Is you know is working and、um, having small children. I have small children and、uh, schools sometimes opening, sometimes closing、uh, with illnesses. So I feel like I'm more often called away from work, not because、uh, I need to go do to do something that actually earns cash, but more so because I have a family that's like, you know, <laughs> we're trying、Demanding. to survive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I totally understand that. Yes, I've, I've had the same situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, being an author and having children, how do you manage to write a book? It's like a couple of hours every day when they're having their afternoon nap or something. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, yeah. Luckily, you know, Grassroots came out、um, right. Well, I was finishing it up when my son was born. He was born in 2016, and I'm I was finishing up and editing the manuscript. So there's definitely changes I would make looking at it now because I realize, wow, I'm like a I'm like a sleep deprived zombie of a new parent <laughs> trying to finish off this manuscript, trying to get it in.、Uh, but、um, with this one now, I mean, luckily the kids are in school now, so I have a little bit more time、uh, when schools are open. So it's it actually is pretty great because there's a lot of flexibility to the lifestyle, and I have no problem with like being at home and making myself work. You know,、mm-hmm. I, I'm actually pretty good at being my own taskmaster.、Mm-hmm. Um, But it's nice to have the flexibility too for when I do need to like pick up a sick kid or you know. We just like I just don't feel like it's day. Oh, sometimes doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or I should really go to the grocery store. It's time to go buy food. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your first book, you say it came out in two thousand sixteen. Grassroots: The Rise and Fall,、uh, the rise and fall and rise of marijuana in America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it、uh, pretty much goes over the. Uh, how the laws changed in America since the 1930s up until now, right? Yeah, and I focus.、Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I focus specifically on、uh, the kind of 1960s to about. I I turned. I finished writing the manuscript right after the 2016 election. So I go to there, which is now you know five years ago.、Mm. Um, but I look specifically at the influence that grassroots activists had. On the formation of laws at both the state and federal level, and these were activists who were working to both legalize and criminalize the drug. So they're they're activists on both sides of the coin,、right. working for very different things, but both coming at it from the position of like we're grassroots activists and we're here to change the laws, which is、mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, and you you can see which side is winning so far. At the moment, heck yeah, boy, they're doing they're doing way better than the than the the criminal the criminalizers.、Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we're taking it back now for sure. It took a long time though, didn't it?、Mm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I would say,、um, you know, there was the brief period of decriminalization in the United States. You know, there was this period from 1973 to 1978 when a dozen states decriminalized the possession of up to an ounce, which is which is remarkable and about. No way. Know, I didn't know oh, that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, it's sort of this little blip on the radar.、Right. Um, but states, you know, 
and even some surprising ones, Mississippi, Minnesota, uh, but then the ones you won't be surprised, you know, Oregon and New York. Um, I think Alaska was in that one too, wasn't it? Alaska and Alaska actually did it by a state constitutional amendment, if you can believe it. They really, they really went for it, and that wasn't yeah. overturned until the '90s. Nice. Um, but there was this period where you know, feelings were, were turning toward acceptance of decriminalization. It was totally, it was cool. You know, it was just a very like this, you know, keep in mind, of course, the 1970s are a period of, of heightened um, heroin use and heightened heroin visibility. Mm. And kind of whenever there are other drugs to take the focus off of pot, acceptance of pot grows, right? When there's a bigger boogeyman, yeah. scared yeah. of. You know, um, at least it ain't crack, you know? <laughs> precisely, yeah. precisely. Right. Um, but when those other drug boogeymen go away, pot suddenly becomes the subject uh, or the object of ire again, as mm. you could see in the 1980s before crack. So like the early, the late 1970s, early 1980s, when all of a sudden, you know, it was it was very easy to access the drug. It remains very easy to access the drug today, of course, too. But uh -huh. in the 1970s, suddenly, you know, there was a booming underground market. The black market was huge. A uh, legal paraphernalia market was huge. And um, it started to trickle down to younger and younger users until it was, you know, with 12 and 13 year olds and parents got very, very upset. And they formed a new grassroots army to, to basically uh, rescind those decriminalization laws. And then that really gets moved into the strong anti-drug movement of the 1980s with the Reagans and it gets turned into mm -hmm. just no and you see that influence of this vein of like drugs are bad because we have to protect the children mm -hmm. that wasn't you know that wasn't an argument in the 1970s when these decriminalization laws were being passed back, back then it was very much so this is an adult's right to do what they please in the privacy of their own home but in the 1980s that argument gets turned on its head all of a sudden it becomes you know a child has a right to grow up drug free, which is way more important and valuable and precious than an adult's right to intoxicate themselves. And that's mm. where all the really punitive drug laws come from, especially after crack gets on the scene. Wow. So that's where it all changed, you think? Is they their opinion oh, yeah. changed to just protect the children. Children should not grow up around drugs. Oh, well, that's my argument anyway. I right, think other right. people might. Um... Well, I think you've done a lot more research than most of us. So you, you know better than we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I've just dedicated like 10 years of my life to it. No big deal. <laughs> oh, right, right. I thought it was more than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's not very impressive. It's just 10 years, right? <laughs> it must be fun. Are you a cannabis user too? Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, not as yeah. much now as a, as a parent and everything, but I would mm -hmm. say that, the uh, yes, you know, um, in a previous life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you, uh, you, you obviously smoked when you were writing your book, your first book. <laughs> you know, from time to time, you know, I was, I was in grad school really when I was, um, when I started researching this. And so at first this was my dissertation. Um, and then it turned into the book cool yeah but so i was in school and i was real busy and uh i started working on this project in 2010 2011 in dc and um the scene the cannabis scene in dc was very different then it's very different then um the drug was legalized uh by ballot initiative in 2014 but because washington dc is kind of a, a territory it's not a state mm -hmm. Uh, so it doesn't have its own representation, has a mayor, but that's about it. Uh, its budget and its laws are kind of controlled by Congress. It's a weird place. So 
the people of DC voted to legalize uh, the drug, but because Congress actually kind of controls our laws, it became legalized in this sort of underground way where it's a gift economy, where you can't sell the drug, but mm. you could sell a sticker for 75 bucks and the person with the purchase of the receiver, the customer would also happen to receive some flower or yeah, a free gift. Flower. Right, right. Gift, <laughs> yeah, purchase. the gray market. Uh, or you get free market. cannabis and you get a donation. And a, right. for a donation. A thank, a thank you gift for your, your, your little whatever. A nice thank you gift. So, so now recently, and so, you know, we, we legalized in 2014. It's now 2021. And it's only really now in the past two years or so that you've started to see stores come up with like, you know, you really do buy a t-shirt, you get the t-shirt, but then it just so happens that a bud tender then walks you through, uh, you know, the, the options that are available as well. So there's actual like store brick and mortar storefronts now too, but it's been fascinating to watch the way cannabis legalization has unfurled in my city as I was writing the history of cannabis and just sort of watching it transform over the, the past 10 years. It's been, it's been a totally fascinating experience. Mm. It's very strange. I mean, there must be expensive weed you're buying if you have to get a t-shirt with it every time. Or you have a lot of t-shirts. You know, at <laughs> yeah, some point you have to stack a t-shirt. <laughs> situations. You can have a lot of t-shirts, a lot of coffee mugs. You can have a lot of something. A lot of something. <laughs> and, you know, because of the pandemic, one store is giving away face masks, which is actually kind of a public service, you know? Yeah, yeah that works. You know, buy this face mask for $100 and get a free half an ounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's pretty it's sweet, a shame that you have to actually go that far to, to take it there. I mean, come on, the people of D.C. obviously want this to be legal mm -hmm. because it mm -hmm. was voted on and passed. But unfortunately, we can't get the White House to see it your way. Right. But but it is a really creative workaround, too. Mm -hmm. You know, it it's very creative, but it's also a bit dangerous, right, because it's also a market that has to operate entirely in cash. Yeah. Um, so you have I mean, it's they're like. And there's there's uh, sometimes like, oh, what are they called? Like pop-ups, you know, like in, mm -hmm. in houses or whatever. But I mean, it's just like they're sitting ducks for people who to come and rob you as the pop-up comes to an end. There's been a lot of really, really dangerous holdups and stuff like that outside mm -hmm. of the when a gray market comes to a close. So it's it's dangerous, right? There's it's it's a dangerous legalization. It's a creative form of legalization, but it's it's a legalization rife with problems that um, I don't see a lot of uh, initiative to change in any kind of policy level. I think people are just kind of being very hands off on it. They're like, we're just going to let it sit and do this. That's good enough, <laughs> even though it's really not a great system. Um, but it's it's kind of the best I think that. That people have the appetite to do you know they have a, they have an appetite to allow it to exist this much but not to improve it at all <laughs> yeah now i was reading in the news just this morning that Cong uh, i think it was the house of representatives it may have been the senate but one of the chambers had uh passed banking reforms uh, cannabis banking reforms and attached it of all things of course you'll understand this to a defense spending bill Yes. So hopefully maybe maybe we can get something there, because I, I think what you're describing, if I'm not mistaken, is the same problem that every legal state is having right now, that we have yeah. cash sitting in warehouses, basically. Precisely. Banking reform would be would be a huge, uh, a huge um, boon, I think, to the industry and make it much safer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, that's a very clever thing that uh, I think it was the house I think you're right like attaching it to a defense spending bill because defense spending 
you know, usually gets passed. Uh, so this is kind of like a clever little like a uh, parasite, right? <laughs> Riding yeah. on its post. Um, and I hope it does happen, but it also does, you know, it does then legitimize the industry more. And, yeah. um, you know, what does that mean if it, if it does pass and what does that mean if it doesn't pass? Right. It's yeah. very, it's tricky. Right. Does no, that mean, you, sorry, Matthew. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Matthew. Just don't, just, does that mean PayPal will start changing their rules? Because you can't be cannabis related and uh, work with PayPal either. Right. They probably would have to. I think a lot of industries would would change ultimately. Yeah. Have, have to or be left behind. Yeah. Or they get left behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, you, you're sitting in, in D.C. You did all your research before it was legalized in D.C. And it's, you've been through legalization and you've watched the evolution over there. Uh has cannabis changed DC uh, negatively? Well, that depends I know that's a on question, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm asking that because this is what we're hearing constantly from all the all the pro uh, the opponents of legalization is that it's going to change everything terribly. Exactly, and and so yeah, my answer to that is it really depends on who you ask, right? So there's there is a um, DC is actually the center of a fairly organized, like strong, you know, certainly well-organized opposition campaign. Um, and it's called SAM, Smart Approaches to Marijuana. Um, and it's led by Kevin Sabet, who I actually am going to interview for my new Books Network podcast soon. I have to finish reading his book. It should be an interesting conversation. But um, but he's, you know, he's, he's kind of the face of legalization opposition. And I think he would say, you know, because he's also based around here, and I think he would say that it has made the city a worse place. Um, but I think a lot of the owners of these cannabis gift shops, um, and DC has done like a really great job on emphasizing the social justice components of legalization. So nice. a lot of right. these cannabis gift shops are black owned, they're women owned. Um, you know, so I think they would say, no, this is great. I mean, like, this is, this is a thriving business that I own and that I, it's like allowing me to like, you know, make this great living. Um, mm -hmm. You're not getting arrested as much. I mean, there's, uh, you know, I think both would argue that there are net positives and there are net negatives, of course, because the gray market is also dangerous and, oh, yes. um, you know, p potentially temporary, who knows, right? So there's, there's net positives and net negatives to both. And I think, whoever you ask, you know, they'll kind of, <laughs> depending on their, their feeling toward the topic, they'll tell you whichever one, whichever way they see it, you know? <laughs> it sounds like DC is pretty much like where I am here, split narrative, depending upon which side of the political spectrum you fall. Yeah. Or, or just sort of like the, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's not necessarily a political decision. It's a moral one, you know? Ooh. Right. Because like what fascinated me was the January 6th, um, uh, you know, madness at the Capitol. That right there, yes. January 6th, we all know what I mean. There's a photo and there's and there's a lot of um, footage of people um, smoking in the Capitol. They were vaping. They had their THC pens. So it seems to me that by this point here in 2021, you know, although, although pot definitely had political connotations, certainly in the 1960s with the counterculture uh, and certainly in the 1980s, I feel like now it's embraced by everybody, you know, mm -hmm. it's embraced by, by all sides. So now I think if you have really strong judgment against it, um, it, it's, it's less a question of political affiliation and more, I think of how you view it morally or from a health perspective. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's what I feel like drives the, drives 
the really strong opposition. It's it's no longer political. It's yeah, it's, it's not red and blue anymore. Yeah, it's not. It's crazy. Mm. Almost generational in, in a way mm -hmm. is what I'm seeing. Um, it seems like the newer generations that, that I see around here are a little bit more open-minded to the possibilities. And then uh, from in the deep south, I would say, and, and you, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, is, it, is this similar to what you're seeing up there? In the deep south, we're seeing the reefer madness generation, the, the parent people that were parents back when the war on drugs was taking place are the hardest to come around now because unfortunately down here the government drove the propaganda into their head and they won't forget mm. it oh, uh, wow. are you seeing the same uh holdbacks up there in, in the northeast no that's fascinating so there's really people holding on to the whole like this will turn you into a crazy psychotic axe murderer oh, mm -hmm. to the day my mother died she thought that marijuana was the worst scourge on earth wow <laughs> Wow, and she's not alone. I uh, I guarantee you, there are people around here that feel the same way. But that generation was so convinced that what the government was saying was absolutely true, and all those weird psychedelic uh, movies they used to show you and say this is what's going to happen to you if you go on drugs. I promise you, there are still people in the deep south that believe that will happen to you. Wow, that is fascinating. I'd love to interview them and like compile. Them. <laughs> well, that you know, cannabis is gonna kill everybody. <laughs> Man, wow! Well, wow. You know, it's, it, unfortunately, down here, religion is is a big, very, uh, very deep historical and traditional thing down here. And of course, if yeah. the churches say it's bad, and if the government says it's bad, it's double bad. Mm. Right, right. Well, how could, yeah, if everyone's saying it, or if those, if those institutions are saying it, they've got to be right. It's got to be true, right? Yeah, it must right. be. Legit. Just completely run my own anecdotal experiences mean nothing. You know? Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's good to know that at least maybe, maybe we are an oddity in the country then, that maybe this attitude is, is contained. I want to ask you about your new book. Do you know when you're going to, you finish it? Have you got a deadline yet? Oh gosh. Oh, sure. I had a deadline. It went away. <laughs> I, passed, <laughs> I passed it. Um, I, I have been, uh, no, I, I am still very, um, I still have a lot of research to do in archives and libraries that are still closed. Mm -hmm. So uh, it all kind of depends on, you know, when society opens back up. And uh, I actually recently had a, a, a fire and a flood in my basement. Ooh. And that's where my office. At the same time? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> fire, the fire started and then it melted the water main, which burst. So that put out the fire, which was good. But then it flooded uh, the basement, which was bad. So. Wow. It's, you been know, it's like, do you say that was lucky or not? You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't, well, my house didn't burn down. That's good. But it did yeah. flood, which was not great. Um, yeah. And of course, it really affected my office. So so I'm not back in my office yet. I, I hope right. to be back by uh, maybe another month or so. But uh, yeah, work has really been kind of <laughs> difficult to finish. But I do hope to get it to them soon. And this book is about the history of uh, the development and commercialization of medications for opioid addiction. So it's not heroin, it's not fentanyl, but it's the history of drugs that are used to treat addiction like methadone and buprenorphine and naltrexone and, and those histories. Mm. Um, so it's really, it's really fun. It's super fun to write about. It's actually very depressing to write about because it's an incredibly corrupt industry. But mm -hmm. um, I have a ton of research to do and 
haven't been able to do it and um just waiting on <laughs> waiting on those libraries to reopen their doors you know <laughs> and you reminded me of a question i had for you You had mentioned earlier that you see when other drugs are brought to the forefront that cannabis generally gets gets a free pass mm -hmm. with all of this focus on the opioid ep epidemic has this actually been part of the opening up of possibilities for cannabis I certainly think so. I certainly think so. You know, 18 states in DC have legalized recreational use. That is unprecedented. It's unimaginable, unimaginable 20 mm -hmm. years ago, 30 years I, ago. Absolutely. I would my, have never, never thought it in my lifetime. Right? I mean, if you went back to 19, 1990 and you mm -hmm. told someone in San Francisco, hey, guess what? You know, <laughs> in, in 20, in 31 years, there, you can go into a dispensary here and buy not only legal weed, but you can go to Bergdorf Goodman and get like a thousand dollar golden um, joint holder. What do you say? People like they would think that you were they would think that you were off your rocker. They'd say absolutely not, no way. I don't but know. They'd be thinking, no, I would be on the moon by then. Right, right. <laughs> It'd be more realistic to think that, right? Be more realistic to think we're living in you know little colonies on the moon than yeah. than pot would be legal in 18 states in DC. But here we are. And I, I really do think that it's because A, um, really strong arguments were made for legalization on two premises. The first was money, that this is an excellent source of tax revenue, and indeed it is. Mm -hmm. And two, the social justice arguments that, you know, if the United States truly wants to walk its talk of being a country of equals, well, then maybe we should stop these incredibly disparate arrest rates for possession of this one substance. Mm -hmm. You know, is this a way to, to remedy a lot of the social justice and racial problems that we've had forever? Yeah. And those are two immensely powerful arguments that are counterposed against the horror and death and destruction of the overdose epidemic. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's it's really been like the perfect storm, right? It was just this moment where where all of these circumstances are aligning perfectly to allow this to happen. And I think if circumstances were even slightly different, maybe it wouldn't be as sort of popular and and almost easy to pass legalization laws as it is right now. Like New York just sort of did it. They were like, ah, now it's legal. Boom. You know, they didn't just, just do it. They did it right. It's legal everywhere. Right. You can walk down the street in New York and smoke a joint and you won't be arrested. New York actually got it right. You know, legalization is existing now because it can. Mm. <laughs> I guess that's the that's it. And it's it just seems to be aggressive. And see that what was what was the savior 10 years ago, a.k.a. opioids that every doctor was, was championing is now the, the victim, the villain, excuse the me. The villain. Right. Mm -hmm. And cannabis is going to save us from everything. So an entire flippening has happened here. The totally. Flippening. I like that. Flippening has happened. Uh, flippening. I'm going to use that. Flippening. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got that from somebody, and he happens to be in the room with us right now. So, yeah. yeah. Maggie. That's Maggie's word. <laughs> it's, it's a good um, one. Uh, it, it's crypto related, I think. I heard it a long time ago. Oh. Uh, you also have a podcast, New Books Network. Well, I'm a host on it. There's uh, oh, there's cool. tons of hosts on it. So I, I, I take no credit. It's all the brainchild of um, our fearless leader, Marshall Poe. But yes, I interview authors of books that have come out somewhat recently that are about drugs and drug history. And I just like ask them questions. And it's really fun. It's great to talk drug books with other drug book writers. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, what's it? Uh, bibliophile? Is that the word for people who like books? 
Bibliophile is the word for people who love books, and indeed, I am a proud bibliophile. <laughs> <laughs> I've got good vocabulary. Check me out. <laughs> yes, seriously, Naki, bringing bringing the the multiple sil- yeah. syllable words. Bringing too, my so. A game and shit. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Sativa. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> shit. So yeah, everybody should check out that podcast if they get oh. a chance. New Books Network. Check yeah, it out and check learn it out. About some books, and also check out Emily's books online, but not Please. books yet. One book well, right book, now. Book Soon one. Books. Yeah. Soon to be books. Someday, I promise. So, seems to be very interesting. You know, grassroots, the rise and fall and rise of marijuana in America. Yeah. So, like, where can people go to buy your book? Oh, anywhere, anywhere they want. Um, you know, uh, Amazon bookstores. <laughs> right, good bookstores. Support your indie bookseller. <laughs> Sweet. Actually, like that. That idea. Go back. Go back. Knock. Back. Are we back, Mikey? We're back. Very cool. Do not say tits or bollocks. Mix oh, it up a little bit. Big <laughs> yeah, man. So I hope you enjoyed the interview, everybody. If you, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, then check out her book. It's on Amazon and all major bookstores. Just search for the uh, grassroots, the rise and fall and rise of marijuana in America. Yeah, Pretty cool. I mean, the point she made to me that was kind of eye-opening at toward the end, and the other guys that weren't there, you'll you'll appreciate this. She made the uh, the single villain model. Uh, argument of the war on drugs it's like you know cannabis was was the evil thing for the longest time but when the opioid epidemic kicked in it became the most evil thing in the world so cannabis got a break mm. so i'm going like hmm that kind of makes sense because that's about what's happening in the u.s right now is the uh, states are locking down on opioids we're starting to get a little bit more cannabis coming in but it seems to work for a lot of people yeah it does mm-hmm. anecdotally of course <laughs> Of course, Jimmy. Of course. <laughs> Allegedly, it we works. Yes. Oh, let, let, let's just b- bring Billy Bonds into the conversation, eh? <laughs> Here we go. Let's do it. And, uh, so good um, interview, man. I enjoyed that one. It was a fun one. This is listener mail to chill time where we get to answer some of your questions. So we already have a few lined up in the uh, in the show notes here and from the live chat. And we've also got which has just asked a question there too. And he's talking about liters. And that just gives me flashback of petrol station. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no. They nearly stabbed me at the pumps. Man, it's, it's crazy. It's close, man. I was watching a What's It Today. Uh, some woman was like uh, boasting on Facebook that she'd got flipping uh, a full tank of petrol, and she'd come out the next morning and somebody'd nicked her car. <laughs> oh, well, what did you did the you car- see? The- wait, 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 wait! Oh. The car was found about three miles away, but all the petrol had been drained out of it. We <laughs> <laughs> just want the petrol. Yes. This is definitely after to, after party material. We're on listen to mail right now. Sorry. Sorry, GB, you want to get that point in quick? I was going to just say about the board that was selling fucking two petrol cans, two little five-litre jerry cans, and she was selling it for £50. 
Oh, ah, uh, L- London put their flipping litre prices up to three quid as well. Yeah. Crazy well, shit. Scandalous. So we have an important question, which it affects a lot of people. I know it affects you as well, GB. So it affects a, a panel member. And I think it was from RT Jim. I'm not 100% sure, but maybe it was from RT Jim. What advice would you offer someone whose other half is a non-smoker and is unhappy about them growing their own? What arguments would you use against them to make them see you're, you're doing the right thing? Math off. It is very difficult. I'm in this position every fucking day of the week. Uh-huh. Um, and so does TG, right? And yeah. What? <laughs> the other half don't smoke. Sorry, I was just hitting the bong there. <laughs> it happens. It's just like, well, 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 my other well, half doesn't smoke either. Okay. Just so, you know, and oh he, my God. he doesn't really eat edibles anymore. So how, how do many times? I mean, but he used but, to. He used to. Oh yeah, yeah. So you're more yeah. understanding then. You, you don't get any issues. Like, no, no. Yeah, and he wanted. He was the one that wanted to grow too before cool. we did it. So that was all him, but. Yeah. Depending, yeah. depending where you are, my biggest argument on on the whole thing is cost, mm-hmm. uh, because I spend all oh, about fifteen, sixteen hundred quid a month on weed <laughs> if I was buying it. You know, so that's that's um like two fucking mortgages in some places. I know? think safety so, is the biggest concern, man. Like. Do you really want your other half going out there onto the legacy market, mixing with dodgy people to get dodgy weed? Mm. You know, it and might seem initially. It. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Then you can just more likely be caught while you're out with it than it sitting in the corner of the room where nobody knows about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's much I mean, safer to grow. It it, it is a hard it is a hard thing to try and um, convince your other half if they have no interest in cannabis. Safer um, to grow than to buy. It is way safer to grow. Um, yeah, more secure. Plus the control. Yeah, it's secure. Um, yeah. The control. Are you saying that, monkey? Obviously, yeah. as far as your exposure going, as far as your your legality safety going to buy it off of somebody, you're way more exposed than if you're just doing your own grow. Mm-hmm. If, if you're following your three rules and nobody else knows, just you, and you're doing everything else right, it's safer to grow it yourself because yeah. nobody mm-hmm. else knows you're doing it. Yeah. You're not out there exactly. doing it in front of anybody. But you can also understand the concern of like the other halves when they are when they don't know about it, you know. And that's something you should explain to them. You should explain to them the three rules and how you're very unlikely to get caught as long as you follow these three rules. And they're so important, those rules. Yeah, man. You can't tell anybody, and I mean anybody, everybody is is a is a security risk. But if you keep it tight Mm -hmm. and nobody Mm -hmm. else knows, you're not gonna get busted. Even them people that you don't think are a security risk, you think, oh, he's my mate, he won't say shit. When your mate's pissed down the pub, you don't know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You don't know who he's telling. So and I, and it said it before, and I'll say it again, people will love to brag that they know a grower. It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, your front door's getting kicked in, and you're no longer a grower. That's and right. That's and that's why people get concerned, man. So make sure that they know that you are following the rules and that you are better off growing your own plants. In your, own, in your own house rather than going out on the streets and finding shit. And of course, you save fucking money too. At times. It's a, it's a great hobby. Indeed. Well. It's a yeah. big part of some people's lives, man. It's a big part oh, yeah. of my life. I it's love like it. You're, you're green thumb and it's really fun to watch them grow. Maybe you can get your partner sort of involved in the process somehow because it's the growing process is pretty fun to watch. Indeed. We've had more than one uh, member get their partner growing around Percy's. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's happened. 
And uh, we have another question here from Heffy, who was in the chat earlier. I don't know if they're still there now, but if you're there, hi. Uh, question. What's the white substance on soil? Sometimes internet says mycelium, but it could be mildew, although it's not on leaves. Stoners unite and how? TJ, you want to take that one? White shit on top of medium? Fuck, that could be anything, man. Uh, I need to see a picture. Mm -hmm. But, like... You can so, have um, salt buildup. Yeah, I'd say that's more common, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, like my parents, for example, where they live, their TDS in their water is about 1,900. It's really high because they live in a, like next to a salt plant, basically, is next to the town there. And whenever they water their garden with the hose, and immediately, like as soon as the, well, the water dries, there's that white, crusty kind of sodium bicarbonate and potassium. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, calcium. Yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of other, like, salts in in the water that just precipitate out but um yeah it could be that it could be my mycelium hyphae would be probably the the better term uh mycelium is the underground bit usually you don't see the mycelia but um yeah it could could be like if, if you have really serious fungal action underneath that um it could be yeah lots of stuff but i yeah i, I need to see a picture i suppose yeah. to really it's, it's an important part, you know you, people forget about the airflow around the top of the medium and shit as well which i think it needs to be around the plants but it's an, that top of the medium should have nice airflow to prevent more growing on the top of it too yeah algae that'll mm -hmm. grow on there too you know mm -hmm. that's more of a high nitrogen thing but um yeah if it's dried out then those kinds of organisms usually don't take hold as easy yeah i'd or, say it's probably salt buildup because it does build up yeah. out, over time Especially Probably, if you're yeah. using heavy calcium in the water. I mean, kind of thing. even I get that, you know, when I, when I clean out my pots after a grow, there's that crusty shit stuck yep. in the, the drainage holes. Mm -hmm. That's that basically, it's just kind of gets stained yellow from the, the runoff and whatnot. But that's what that is. It's just salts that precipitate and, and start crystallizing there. And it can happen under there. It can happen on the top of your soil. Um, yeah. And it's a bitch anyway. to get off. Monkey yeah. vinegar works. Oh, yeah, monkey vinegar. Just... We discussed this before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only monkey, yeah. though. Regular you know, vinegar. It's yeah. a calcium deposit in a vinegar. <laughs> will, it will dissolve the calcium yeah. deposit. Calcium it doesn't like just wipe it off, but yeah, if you soak it, it Sodium. will. Yeah, Special monkey yeah. vinegar. Yes. I just scrub the fuck out of it with, a, with an abrasive brush. But uh, yeah. yeah. Monkey vinegar. Yeah, I guess we should tell our vinegars. We just call it monkey vinegar. Just vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have. How do I get a Percy's Grow Room mug or a High and Home Grow mug? Can I get my username on it? That was sent in by Anonymous. Uh, yes, Anonymous, you can. Message, <laughs> message me on the forum. Message CN on Percy'sGrowRoom.com or send us an email to uh, admin at highandhomegrown.com, highandhomegrown at gmail.com or contact any of us on Percy's. We'll sort it out. Yes. So come and get your mug. And you can get your username on it if you want to. And maybe even your avatar if you speak nicely yeah. to ZN. Yeah. See, I'm not allowed to deal with this kind of shit because I want to give everything away for free. Yeah. So, you know, to, to keep things running and shit, <laughs> then the end's Can't in control. Do that. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have no mugs. <laughs> and, and you're fucking horrendous at sending stuff out. It, uh, uh, no, that's all sorted now. That's all sorted now, bro. If you're not being on the forum, oh no, you, of course you haven't. You're a kid, you are. I know, I'm a prick, man. No, uh, Mrs. Mackey signed up today. Mrs. M, she's known as, and she's now like the postmaster. She's got a special rank created. So it's she's got pink name, 
and she'll be in control of all the postage. So if you need anything from Percy's, if you've won something, but you need something delivered and it hasn't been sent yet, because if it's already been sent, then don't ask again, cheeky bastards. You know? <laughs> what, what I'd like to know is why can't uh, Percy's Grey Room have like a post office section? What do you mean? Well, if Mrs. Mackey had a post office section, then... Anyone... Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be messaging you saying, have a word with him, will you? Caught. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm thinking, actually, when she said I'm not allowed to have my own area, I think it might be a good idea if you can do that. What for? Because then what? if anybody's missing out on anything, they don't have to go through anywhere. They can go straight in there and go... Dun, 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 dun. Um, well, we've got a thread anyway for like when people... Uh, receive prizes and things like that so people can put up look what I received and shit yeah yeah true yeah yeah, yeah. but I don't think a whole section is necessary for it the thread is cool <laughs> yes I've tried uh, Mrs M I've had this discussion this week so yeah I bet you have yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was like straight after she said can I have my own section too like, what for what for <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you can you know what I mean no why more not sections. no you can do a section for fucking high on home ground, and you can do a section oh. for Percy's, and you can do a section for flipping uh, friends of the flipping forum. And you, shit. you have definitely spoke to the wife. I haven't really. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what she said to me. Well, no, it's pretty obvious. Uh, Sorry, no, I'm not. No, I agree. I'm, I'm, I agree I'm, with the wife. She should have her own spot. See, oh, there's three. Oh, Monkey, God. TG, Ma Marge, come on. <laughs> oh gosh! Overridden, Maggie. Overridden. Oh yeah, I'll just make a Mrs. Mackie section then. Sweet. I'll give her admin rights so she can make her own sections. Then you'll fuck through five hundred sections all over the show about unicorns. No, 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 because that'll be like Lucas and his bots on Discord, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. So that uh, no, we got another one here as well. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Marge, you want to take that one away? What superpower would you have? Oh, God. You're starting with me, are you? Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really great question. And uh, maybe the, the power of being able to fly to wherever I wanted at the snap of my fingers. So teleportation. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yes. What are you saying, yes. Zian? What would you do? I would, I'd, I'd want invisibility. It's the only one I need. And <laughs> you know the rest, I'm telling you, people, people have got it coming then. <laughs> I have would a you lift. still be detectable under infrared? I don't care. Okay. I, that doesn't bother me as long as I'm undetectable to people's eyeballs. And even though you're invisible, you'd still leave DNA and fingerprints. That doesn't matter either. Just saying, just saying, just playing devil's advocate. Monkey, what you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about shapeshifter? Hmm. Become anything or, or anyone you want at any time. <laughs> what would you oh, go? No. Britney that's Spears okay. toilet seat. No, come on, that's, a, that, that's as, as good as it is. Never know who's coming. <laughs> Sorry. Britney Spears toilet seat. What are you like? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's inappropriate. No, nah, come on. Your shape is a good answer, though. I like that answer. The, the Terminator was pretty uh, freaking awesome, man. You know, he could become anything he wanted to be. But as long yeah. as it didn't have moving parts. True. Well, the second one could have moving parts. Oh, yeah. Interesting. GB, what are you saying? What, what superpower would you, you have, bro? 
I would like to be able to shoot lasers out of my eyes like Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. How fucking handy would it be? You would never need a fucking lighter again. You just pick up your bong and look at you know, the fucking No, bong. how are you going to look at it? You have to go cross-eyed to look at it, though, you? all the damn superpowers <laughs> in the universe, and GB wants to light his bong. So you yeah, did man, need did a you superpower. So you guys light my fire. It, it has... It has Many many uses because like I you can use it to cut open a safe you can use it to do so many things it's not just lighting a bong it's for everything it's like laser eyes yeah but like light joints too yeah it can light joints too exactly <laughs> but again you'd have to be able to go really cross eyed to do it. <laughs> no you only have to cut you only yeah. have to wink yeah. Yeah. close an eye. Yeah. Just close it's an eye and blow a hole yeah. through your eyelid. <laughs> 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 what are you saying, TG? What would your superpower be? Fuck. Uh, well, I have kind of a. Can I do a three? I have a tie for three. Oh, no. I can't pick. You can have well, two. Like, uh, well, I don't want them all. I, I take either one of these or any one of these. Um, I think on the base level, I've had actually recurring dreams where I could fly. Flying is fucking just like levitation, you know, fly like Magneto kind of shit. Or a Wonder Woman, or you know, one of those types, just fly around, be fucking cool. Um, manipulation of time—that's a little bit more advanced, you know. Maybe not quite a Doctor Strange level, but just you know, even just to stop time so I can fucking sleep in for a bit—that would be nice. Yeah. Um, and the other one was now I forget. So I guess those are the two that I have. Um, I'd want to be able to see twenty minutes into the future. What the fuck was the other one? I can't believe it. Fucking stupid weed. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, like not to forget things. Maybe. I don't know. That wasn't it. Or would sure. that be more of a curse? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, what did you have? Did you say yours? Invisibility. Invisibility. Marge was going to be teleportation. GB's oh, telekinesis. Yeah, that's a new one. That's one, yeah. What was Monkey Soup power gonna be? Shapeshifter, like Mr. That's right. Shit. I wow. think I would take. We'd make a pretty good comic book. Mm, yeah, we could. Yeah. It's <laughs> like you know, I've thought about this a lot when I'm driving, and somebody pisses me off. I wish I could just like crush their car, just you know, force them off the road and be like, "Oh fuck, look at that! They crashed." Oh, look at that! You're dead now. <laughs> That'll be handy, wouldn't like, it? Oh. You just point at the car and it turns into a recycled cube with them in it. Well, I don't know, just like undo all the fucking lug nuts or something. Oh shit, bad fucking mechanic, I guess. I don't know. I'm fucking evil sometimes. So one more before we wrap it up and go to the outro. Here we go. We've got, uh, who has been, did we answer that question about what's in the chat? There was a question in the chat and it's gone. Yeah, there was. uh, About manifolding. Yeah, there it is. Eight, eight or sixteen. Let's, let's really? do two. We got for each, and then one more. Uh, I'm mainlining for the first time and upgraded my pots to eighteen liters. Should I be doing eight or sixteen colas? Uh, go for sixteen, bro. I'll definitely go for sixteen. What are you saying, monkey? You do the mainline often. Well, it depends if your first mainline or not. If your first mainline, I go for eight because it's you know learn it before you push it. That's mm-hmm. what I would do. But that's just I would me. agree with monkey. Yeah, walk before you run. Yeah, man. Okay, there you go. Eight sounds good. It's your yeah. first time, man. Yeah. But good luck. Make sure you got your pictures up on Percy so we can see it and keep an eye on the diary. And then if you know if we can drop any hints as we go along, we will do. 
And the same for everybody else. You know, if you're a grower out there, listen to the show and you're not a member of Percy's, sign up and start yourself a grow diary. Let us know what you're doing. And then, you know, people just offer advice and let you know if they, they have any good tips to help you out, make things easier, things like that. Place is open to everybody who grows cannabis for personal use. So take advantage of it and come and sign up. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's uh, one. Who has been your favorite guest on the show so far and why? CN, would you like to answer that question? Favorite guest? Yeah, who's your favorite guest? Huh? What's been your favorite interview? Bloody hell. Uh, that's, that's a tough I mean, one. This should be easy. That's a tough one. Easy. Yeah, there should be an easy answer, obviously. Well, <laughs> actually, Marge was really good. Wow. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I'm flattered. Oh, wow, you should be. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with fishing for compliments. No, of course sometimes. not. Of course not. <laughs> um, that was a good interview, man. It was a good interview, yes. <laughs> it's so good, she ended up on the show. So, you know. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, I thought that would have been, like, understood, because you're here. So, yeah, we, I know. we must have right. enjoyed that one. All right, then your second most favourite. <laughs> Except <Okay>. for Marge's. <laughs> Which one's your favourite? <laughs> mm. <laughs> give me, wow, well, give me a minute. Go to other people. Okay, TG, you want to take that and, and go first then? That's really tough. Yeah. Marge, sure. no emotional yeah. blackmail this time, please. <laughs> we did this kind of on our yearly thing right and we talked about all the interviews and, yeah I mean, yeah since then we've done like 30 interviews bro. yeah yeah and still man since then i can't i can't pick a favorite because they're all so fucking good but like the ones i don't know why i can't really maybe i can't explain frenchie was definitely up there mm-hmm. just i still i still it's hard to describe his his genuine passion that you know came through mm-hmm. even in a fucking Zoom call. You know, yeah, you know, just chilling in his house, the gleam was, in his uh, eyes. Like he he's really and you know the, the words get thrown away around a lot. And I I'm not a very sentimental person most of the time, but like fuck, he he really does inspire me like big time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's up there for sure. Jorge Cervantes has been a hero of mine for years and years. And Dr. Grinspoon, Peter Grinspoon, is, he's, mm. I really, really enjoyed uh, talking with Peter. I hope we can talk with him again. Uh, mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Those are the three that, that I always think, you know. What, what do you think, GB? Um, I'd say the one with Ming, Luke Ming Flanagan was probably one of my favorite ones. Cool, man. Um, that was just because of kind of, brought light a few things that I didn't know and things that I, I was kind of misinformed about on some of the old stuff to do with weed in Ireland and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that was one of my favourite ones. Monkey, what are you saying, bro? I can't pick just one. I can give you a few. Um, mm-hmm. and, and those few are going to, if you would ask me this question two weeks from now, they're probably going to be different because uh-huh. <laughs> for different reasons. No, they're just, the, the point is we've done so many good ones. Mm. But my problem, Dr. Grinspoon is always probably going to be in, in that list because he was one of the first doctors we ever spoke to that was so upfront and honest about cannabis with us. I mean, and mm-hmm. I had never experienced a doctor speaking so yeah, about yeah. it. So you could ask him anything about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. So that was that was always going to be there. But um, Frenchie was also uh, 
very, very much a, a good, an interview that I, I was still, even if he was still here today, I'd still say the same thing. Frenchie mm -hmm. was just a great interview. Uh, how can I forget the Tommy Chong interviews? Every one of them yeah, different, yeah. in a different way. Um, there's just too many. I can't pick one, but those are the three that come to mind right now. But there's so many others out there. Yeah. We have had some good guests. Indeed. What do you say, Marjorie? You haven't been in any interviews yet, unfortunately. I haven't, but I have listened to a lot of the interviews. And I'm looking through the list actually on the new highonhomegrown.com website where you have all oh, your yeah. people nice listed blog. here. Blog, see how blog. awesome yeah. Marjorie is. You see, none of, and nobody else does this. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did really like the interview with Tommy Chong. I think I, I think I only heard one of them, but I, he was great. Um, Jorge Cervantes, fantastic. But more recently, the Stoner Chef, I really liked that one, and the guy, the one with uh, Jesse Lavoie for the Toba Grown, cool. Because that one's pretty relevant, you know, to where I'm living in Canada. So, yeah. but See, you guys have had some well. amazing guests. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've yeah, been very yeah. lucky, man. Very lucky. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite is uh, annoying people. I'm relentless, relentless. Until <laughs> so you give me an answer, then I'll keep going. But Dr. Bonnie Goldstein was probably yeah. my favorite man. That was a That's fucking one epic one, actually. Yeah, that, had, that one had me in 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 bits. That yeah, one. Yeah, you know that one. The, the, I mean, you get touched emotionally by a, a lot of the interviews we have, especially when we're talking to people involved with medical patients. Yeah. But she fucking like hit a chord, man. My gosh. Yes. Definitely. That, that that was a a heart wrenching one. That one. Great fucking interview. Really enjoyed that. I would love to speak to her again sometime, so we'll get her on and see how she is. I've kind of enjoyed a lot of those, um, the 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 medical side ones with the patients and the patients' parents and stuff, like Joanne Griffiths and Hannah Deacon, mm -hmm. uh, and Alicia. Um, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 I, I did actually uh, watch his face as well. Um, Neil Woods. I really enjoyed oh, that. Oh yeah, one. Neil that Woods. Really you see, good. yeah, that's a new one, a fucking yeah. good one too. Yeah. As you can tell, we don't, we don't have one favorite. No, I can't do one favorite. <laughs> I didn't know. Favorites. And of course, Mar yeah. Martin, you don't yeah. count, man. Martin doesn't count. He's I'm like honorary you, panel member. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. just saying. Nobody mentioned Martin, but yeah, every one of them's been great. I, I was just going to say, I quite enjoy the Jordan <laughs> ones as well, but he's kind of an honorary panel member as well. So. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I didn't realize you guys had interviewed David Beanenstock, but he's been on my podcast too, and he's great. And I yeah, really like cool. his um, Great Bean. Moments in History podcast. I forgot about Bean. Yeah, man, yeah. there's been so fucking yeah. many. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, I made that page the other day, didn't I, with all the list of, well, up to episode 60, and then every five episodes, I'll, I'll add more. Yeah. So, um, so I've got 60. You can uh, ask this question, man, because it makes us all look like big dicks. It does. Yeah. Well, not big dicks, but <laughs> assholes. Yeah. It's just our opinion, man. Yeah. It's just our opinion. Well, well, whenever you guys, it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 see, that's the thing. I've, I honestly forget half of the people that were after fucking interviewing. That's the problem. They're all great. No, it's because, we, and it's not forgot them. It's, I'm just terrible when I've only spoke to somebody once. I mix them up. So when you're uh, thinking of the likes of Boisterous Ben, um, that was one that was fucking yeah, yeah. brilliant. But I can't Joanne think of it. Joanne, that's what I couldn't Joanne. think of her name. Mm -hmm. um, We've just had so many good ones. Like I'll tell you a funny one. Fucking for like a year now. It's, it's, it's a year. Like Actually, it's got to be over a year. But I've been messaging the greenhouse, trying to get eyes on from Australian hunters on. 
and I've been messaging, messaging, no answer, no answer. Then I left it for a couple of months and messaged again. And then I'm back on it, you know, over the last couple of weeks. And they're in the office, but it's like, he's in the office this week, man. I'll speak to him myself personally about it. So just fucking, the, the hustling I do is shocking, man. It's <laughs> fucking relentless. But, on, but look right how now. many fucking yeah, quality exactly. guests we've had. It, it comes to the point where it's like, we have to look hard for people who haven't been on the show already. Mm. You know, to try and bring new people in and shit. And it's hard to do. But we do go out there and find some good guests. There's plenty of people we haven't heard of yet. And that's where we rely on all, all the listeners. You know, if you think you you think somebody out there would be a good guest on the show, then let us know, man. We'll try and fucking organize. That's how we roll. We want to hear from you. You're all part of the show as well. So let us know who you want to hear from. You know, Swami Shatanya, that was a good sure. interview too. And Breeder Steve, man. Breeder Steve, it, fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah, it's too hard. It's like trying to pick your favorite people song, why, isn't it? You know. <laughs> I know this, yeah, this is why I, I can't really decide. I've got about ten. <laughs> yeah. A list of ten of my favorites. <laughs> Steve D'Angelo, fuck me, you know, crazy. Yeah, all your guests bring something pretty interesting to the table. So. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Good fun, sure. man. It's good fun yeah. doing this shit, making this podcasting things. No, it is enjoyable. It's a lot of work, but it's enjoyable. Uh, oh, I think that's it. That's all of the questions we have. Don't forget to get your new high and homegrown mug from <laughs> Zombie Nation. Don't forget. For, six, for 60 bucks? Is that what it was? 160,000 yen. One. I'll tell, it was I'll, one. I'll, tell, I'll tell you now, if you're in the UK, the 10 quid posted. If you're anywhere else, it works out to another maybe three and a half quid. So 14, 14 quid max to most countries. For people out there outside of the UK, 14, that was, okay, 14. Yeah. One four. Quid. Yeah. yeah. It's a quid then, for those who don't know what a quid is. A quid is slang for a pound. A pound, yes. A, a, yes, a BP. One sterling One sterling One sterling BP. Sterling. Okay. So uh, to the outro, are we ready? Let's do that. <laughs> so yes thanks for joining us everybody what should we do for grow guides next week let us know man let us know in the comments below yeah. what else have we got to do uh strain of the week next week we said we're going to do the super lemon haze we're going to have yeah. a look at that i did that one that's fucking delicious uh, what else do we have? Obviously, we don't know what news is going to happen yet. We want to wait until next week so we, <laughs> so we get fresh news. So we'll find out what happens then. Grow Guides, we'll let you know. We'll let you know on Wednesday. So make sure you sign up to the mailing list. But that's just about everything, right? It's always a pleasure to be getting high and stoned and talking about weed and shit. No, we love it. So we'll see you next week on Friday for the session. Or if you're in for the Squid Game session, let us know about that too. Yeah, so Friday, Friday for the session. And then Sunday for the show. Sweet. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good, GB. You want to say something there, man? No. Oh, okay. We're good. Well, let's say goodbye. I thought we were finished. I was yes. just about to say slow. No, saying bye bye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I said, okay, let's say goodbye then. There we go. Goodbye. 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 Outro tune. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.